Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Well, this is uh, some kind of uh, day. I don't know that I've ever heard of this one. It's a National Grab Some Nuts Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see how many you can grab before you take a punch in the face. Right. Uh, of course, we speak of almonds, cashews, and pecans. Uh-huh. Those kind of nuts, Lucky. Sure. Here's some stats about your nuts. Women eat more nuts than men. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm married. I don't know. No, I don't know. Not at all. Women over sixty crave nuts the most. Really? Uh, dirty birdies. There's a world record for crushing nuts by sitting on them. <laughs> Did you discover that by accident? <laughs> most men do. Right. A guy in Japan crushed 122 nuts in under a minute. That's a lot. That should be a, an Olympic event. Well, that's uh, that's crazy. As long as they must be, uh, he must be crushing multiple nuts. Then I think so. Yeah, that's a lot of nuts to crunch. Uh huh. It would hurt too. You'd think some of them. Uh huh. A little tush. But maybe he comes from a history of nut crushers. That's right. His dad was a nut crusher. His grandfather before him. I mean, his grandmother was known as the biggest nut crusher in town. You got to be really careful where you're sitting too. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're mm-hmm. going to sit to, if you're going to squat to crush nuts. You don't want to miss. No, no. The largest nut in the world weighed in over 50 pounds. 50? It's an elephantitis of the nuts. <laughs> they're called Coco de Mer nuts, and they're only found on a few islands in the Indian Ocean. So like a massive coconut. Yeah, maybe, yeah, probably. How do you bust that nut? <laughs> and uh, finally, grabbing a handful of nuts is good for you. Try it. <laughs> A study at Harvard found the more nuts you eat, the longer you live. Almonds have the most fiber. Macadamia nuts have a, a lot of healthy fats. Again, you know, you should ask before grabbing nuts. Uh, yes, yes. It's very important. And, expensive, and, too, the nuts. You ever go to the grocery store and try to buy some nuts? They're not cheap, those nuts. Uh, are we are we out of the nut game now, though? I mean, you know, I can't, I can't imagine a big bowl of nuts in the middle of the table is going to be uh, as big a draw. Right. Remember Jack Astor's when he used to sit there at the bar and eat the nuts and throw the shells on the so floor? So many bars did that. Yeah, yeah, it was such a thing for a while. Oh, I do love peanuts. I think my uh, a beer nut is my uh, favorite good nut. Yeah, that's a great nut. I like the hazelnut. Do you? Well, I mean, I've never. I don't think I've ever had a hazelnut just as a hazelnut. Mm. Uh, but certainly, when they you know put them in a Nutella, sure. And Ferraro Rocher. Yeah, I like those. Those. Mm-hmm. Are good. I, I like. Uh, I like all peanuts uh, in general. It's very tasty. Of course, the doc, oh, Doc Downer, always says, "Well, you just should eat the unsalted ones." Or eat just, okay. Oh, right, all yeah. right, Doc. Thanks for taking the fun out of everything again. <laughs> Do you have a favorite billionaire? Uh, none that I know personally. No. I wish I did. Um, I, I don't know. It'd be tough. I, I I would think Richard Branson would. He seems like a a, a pretty cool dude to hang out with. Yeah. Like uh, hanging on on his island, but I, I think they'd all be a bit pretentious. I always uh, was fond of Warren Buffett. He was that first guy who uh, you know talked about not leaving his kids anything, and he's his just his view on money. And then there was a documentary I watched a, a while back called "I Am Warren Buffett," and just the story of him and his uh, first wife, and how even though they separated at one point, they remained very good friends. And he's just he's a really interesting dude. Um, and I think the the problem is is that you don't get to the top of the food chain like that, yeah. or the top of the money chain, without stepping on a few people mm-hmm. on the way up. Sure. There's always going to be you know detractors. Yep, yep, for sure. 
Oprah, it seems to be, is our, our favorite and right. most liked billionaire. Okay. How can you not like Oprah, I guess? Although, you know, it's funny that you look back at her life and things that annoyed the hell out of you about her seem so minuscule now compared to, you know, the complaints about the, the likes of uh, of uh, Jeff Bezos and how he treats his employees at Amazon right. and the uh, the idea that uh, they work under horrible conditions. The only thing we had to complain about Oprah was that she didn't pay the insurance or the taxes on cars <laughs> she gave everybody. That's true. And, I, well, and Oprah's story, too, is really one of coming from nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily a, a technology that she took advantage of. She she just, you know, learned her game yeah. and her craft to the point of getting to the top of it. And that's the entertainment business. Yeah. Bezos, very much the same way. I mean, applaud the man. And we, we you know, have said you know, several times with Mackenzie Bezos, applaud her for supporting mm-hmm. his decision to sell books out of his garage on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they built that for nothing. Whether or not he's in charge of what the employees make in those employee conditions, mm. you know, likely that's been implemented by someone way down the food chain below him. But at the same time, you know, the fact that he hasn't said, whoa, hang on, we've got a problem here that mm. needs to be rectified as he, you know, makes billions and billions in profit every couple of days. Bill Gates shows up as someone we really like. I mean, I was always a fan. I think he's doing great things for the planet, although, again, he will not shut up in my head ever since I took the vaccine. It's a problem. Yeah, the conspiracy theorists have had a tough time with him. Uh, Elon Musk and, as you mentioned, Richard Branson uh, on the list as well. Elon may be uh, being liked a little more than Richard because, while well, he did that stint on SNL not that long ago, and you know what? He wasn't that bad. I thought he was just going to be brutal. So maybe he won some people over there. I think he's liked more, especially in the younger generation, because what he does is about you know sustainability mm. and you know a little more environmentally friendly. Mark Zuckerberg shows up at the bottom of the list. He oh. is the one billionaire <laughs> nobody likes, and it's probably why he started Facebook because back in college nobody liked him then either. Well, and also there's that whole thing that you know maybe he stole the idea, yeah. right? Yeah, and that his his wealth was manufactured that way. I mean, remember when you see this guy talking in front of Congress or whatever he's doing. He started a uh, a social media site uh, along with friends at university to rate chicks. Right. That that's when you look at the billions of dollars he has. It was from a scumbag move like that. That's how it all got going, and now we're completely addicted to his product. I decided I'm going to uh, make a change in my life. You know, I'm the uh, the anti uh, sports guy most of the time, but I think I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to start being a, a big fan of, like, the Raptors. I think I'm going to become a, a, a real supporter. Season-long playoffs, ups, downs. And, and part of my support will be uh, wearing uh, clothes that reflect my love of the Raptors. I'm going to kick it off probably with a, a Lowry jersey. I took one of those up today. <laughs> well, they're cheap. This, this is the time to buy yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> that and a Vince Carter. is <laughs> a... Nine years later and a championship and so much that that man has done, probably the greatest Raptor in franchise history, is mm-hmm. moving on to Miami. Everybody eventually goes to Miami, it seems, at some point in their career. Well, uh, it has a lot to do with money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and not just the money being paid, but the money that he has to pay out. Because remember, as a lot of this, I see a lot, of, I've seen a few comments, oh, why would you go to Miami well, Miami, you know, has their team has gone into a couple of deep playoff runs in the last few years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, with most of that uh, that team sticking together, which is good. The other good thing for Kyle Lowry and his family is that there's no state tax mm-hmm. in Florida, so 
when you sign a three-year, $90 million deal, mm-hmm. you know, that paycheck doesn't have that, that, that huge tax uh, deduction on it, which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah, he says, I, you know, I play this game for the love of the game, but at the end of the day, I want to make sure my family is still taken care of for generations and for time to come. Even though they are now, I want to continue to be able to do that for my family. Well, with that kind of dough, yeah, that'll probably happen. And, and and herein lies the difference between um, when Kyle Lowry returns to Toronto. And remember, and you know, I was very honest about this. I didn't think the the Leafs were right to give Lind all the praise on Matt Sundin when he mm. you know when he left at the end of a season. Kyle Lowry signed a, a not, not just signed a deal with Miami. That's you know, yes for Raptors fans that it sucks it's the end of an era, but he made it a sign and trade deal. Mm. Where he basically said, listen, I'm going to Miami. If you want to sign me and then trade me there uh, to get something back, do it. Mm-hmm. And, and so we allowed the Raptors to do that. Uh, so at least, you know, there are pieces, whether or not Goran Dragic actually shows up in Toronto. We've seen these before where it's, they sign players, they trade for players, they don't actually report. Right. Uh, but at least there is something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you feel like you're getting a piece back. Yeah, it seems to me he's always been a class act. So, and certainly uh, will be missed. So we'll uh, we'll watch him in Miami and see how long his career has to go. I mean, he's already 15 years in, I believe. So the clock is ticking probably on on that career. This might be the last uh, kick at the can with Miami. Well, if you get a last contract of three years and ninety million dollars, mm-hmm. then you're doing okay. Yeah. Now, where can I pick up one of those jerseys <laughs> for cheap? With women, they're, uh, when it comes to fashion and presenting themselves, uh, for all of their lives, for the most part, they're in style. They're, they're always aware of, you know, what the modern trends are and, 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 and always being uh, certain to, to look their best. Whereas men kind of go through about three stages. We dress like overgrown teenagers. All right. And we go through our flip-flops and socks phase. Uh-huh. And then we're basically just pulling our pants up too high. <laughs> And that's about it. Uh, men hit their style prime. So this is the, the age where we actually kind of care right, about uh, the fashion we wear and how we look at age 30. Okay. After that, it's all downhill. <laughs> oh, boy. We will go through five overall looks, four hairdos, and about three different facial hairstyles. Okay. Now, in the time that I've known you... You've gone through probably three. I've, I've seen you. We have photos where you're all cleaned up. Shaven, yes. Yeah, all complete. Then you had the goat for a very long time. Right, You yes. walked that goat. And now you've gone full-on lumberjack with the beard. Pretty much laziness mm. is, uh, is, the, is the progression through all of them. So are you going to go, when you finally take that down, are you going like professional to have it all removed? Or are you going to do it the yourself? The beard or the yeah. hair? All of it. Well, you, the hair, obviously. The beard I'll do myself. You'll go to a hairdresser, I guess. Uh, to get the hair. Yeah, the hair, uh, if waiting on that. But, yeah. What are you waiting for now? Why don't you just go get it all done? Well, well, because it's the hair affair. Because like, I'm in the like I was planning before all oh, of this. Oh, you still in that? You still got the hider of the the hider uh, I, well, hairstylist? I don't, I don't have the hider. I have like you know the one hairstylist I was going to, which right. is basically like a family friend. Right. Right. Um, but it was. But I've been having my hair cut by you know that person for like 15 years. Right. It's right. just the same way every time. Sure. Right. Um, and so it's almost like I was like, oh, I wanted to, I wanted to try something 
new, like mm-hmm. a new hairstyle, sure. and go to someone venture out a bit, and yeah, and go to but to go to someone new mm. to do it, right? A little more modern mm. a place, mm-hmm. but it is really strange. Like it, like it's like oh man, I, I feel like I'm stepping out. Oh, and they're gonna find out eventually. Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, this pandemic has been good for you because that plays into your favor, right? But I remember, like, even before the pandemic, I think you 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 went to another. I did. Well, I did. did. I stepped out once, <laughs> twice actually, <laughs> and tried getting a haircut somewhere else. But the, the, the problem you have there is that they don't really know you, mm. right? And they don't know your uh, your style or what mm. you're looking for, and they're just basically giving you a plain old trim. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted. I was thinking like a complete change, a change of style. Mm. Now that I've got hair to actually cut, yeah, you could do something and feather it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crimping. Is there yeah. a crimping still done? Get a nice seventies look going. The interesting thing, though, for you go back to the the wardrobe, is that you know if we peak in our thirties, and I'm mm. now turning what forty five, mm-hmm. most of my clothes are still clothes I had <laughs> from when I was 30. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of clothes that guys hang on to for a long time. Yeah. Well, so I, if we peak and we felt good about our clothes, we're hanging on to them. Yeah, and most men, when they describe their style, refer to it as casual. Right. Yes. And, you know, and I've, listen, my whole life, I've just been jeans and T-shirts. I, I mean, you, you dress as though you're going to the gym all the time. Right. You, 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 Most of gym vi- or a golf course. You're very cash. Right. Uh, and then some say if they're stepping it up, then it's uh, it's office cash. Okay. Uh, smart casual, perhaps. But, uh, well, the problem is you have to update every now and then. Mm-hmm. Like, like things like pants, mm-hmm. right? Like if you still have pleats in, in the front of your pants, mm-hmm. that's that's not a look anymore, right? It's not? It's all. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought these. <laughs> No wonder they were on sale. <laughs> you're, you're still wearing Oshkosh. Yeah, oh, so. I love them. Love some velour sweaters. <laughs> yeah, I, there was a, you know, every now and then I'm I'm so bad with fashion. I'm horrible because I just won't buy myself anything. I I could care less, and I only get new clothes like at birthdays or Christmas when Maria buys them for me. I just don't ever go out and buy myself anything that way. But when I there's been a couple of moments in my life where I'm like, if I was, say, working in an office situation, where I'm like, okay. Because I've always kind of worked in radio and behind the scenes and certainly mornings when there's nobody around, so who cares, you yeah. know. But then I, so I go out and I get myself like a couple of dress pants and a couple mm. of new shirts with collars and such, you know. And then I look back in photos and go, you look so uncomfortable and stupid. <laughs> it's just, it's just never been my look, so. Yeah, I, if I've done most of my wardrobe updating happens like either, well, not even with golf, actually, because most of these shirts I've had have had for, for some time. But it usually comes with, like, the dress clothes for mm-hmm. the hockey stuff, mm-hmm. where I got to buy new suits and shirts and get everything fitted. Yeah, because you got a lot of suits. Mm-hmm. And you get them fitted? Yeah. Look at you. Look at the fancy life you live. Right. I, I don't know that I've ever had a fitted oh. suit. <laughs> and, like, well, and off the rack, fix the hem, out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> A psychological phenomenon called the Prattfall effect says that if someone finds you attractive, doing something embarrassing makes you more attractive to them. What? So say you're walking through the mall and you're trying to impress, you know, a little nosedive into the fountain. (laughs) (laughs) Fall down an escalator or something like that. Well, the key is they already have to find you attractive. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That uh, Maybe it makes you more human. Humanizes you, I guess. Right. There's been a version of Playboy printed in Braille since 1970. 
doesn't have any photos in it, so you're literally getting it for the articles. Oh, that's a ripoff. Mm-hmm. Like, we, all, we all say read for the articles, mm-hmm. or at least used to say. How would you do Braille nudie photos anyhow? Is the boobs would be bumps? Right. <laughs> you get the general idea. I guess. Uh, Ray Romano was originally cast in the 1990s sitcom News Radio, but was fired before the pilot when the producers decided to take the character in a different direction. After an actor named Greg Lee replaced him, he was also fired. Joe Rogan got the part for good. Wow. Yeah. That wow. was that was a good show, if I remember uh, correctly. So right. It was pretty funny for the time. It was like a, an updated version of WKRP in Cincinnati, only they were a all-news talk radio in uh, Instead of a, a rock radio station. Wow, and Joe Rogan is really... I mean, he did with comedy. I think he was doing stand-up before that. Yeah, he was a stand-up right. comedian. And then did that show and then has and branched off with all the MMA and UFC stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, of course, his podcast now. It's huge. It is massive. Yeah, for he, him. Uh, he and Mark Marin, I think, have gone toe-to-toe. Mark Marin was really the first kind of stand-up to do the uh, the podcast. And he was out of his garage. And mm-hmm. he had the likes of Obama on with him and... And now there's this shameless podcast. If you've seen this thing with Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, and uh, just, uh, Justin Bateman. Okay, yep. Uh, three of them. They've all been signed. The whole thing's been signed for like $30 million to uh, like Spotify or one of these. And now they're going on a tour. They're going city to city. And they're going to do their podcast in front of people. Bateman's a really funny dude. He is yeah. good. They're all good. Will really Arnett. Really good with Arnett, too. Yeah, yeah, they have a great relationship. And the, the, the thing, it's called Shameless. And the twist to their podcast is each episode, one of them is responsible to bring the guest. But the guest is a, is a secret. Okay. So the other two have to figure out uh, who it is. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> well, so, so that news radio or talk radio, uh, news radio is called, right? Yeah, yeah. That worked out well for... Uh, obviously for Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, uh, Ray Romano did okay. Yeah, he did fine in another sitcom. <laughs> I don't know about Greg Lee. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> no. He, he's the one out of that whole deal. He he got like yeah. really, really screwed. He's the Pete Best of that TV That's show. That's right. <laughs> well, here's a little interesting fun fact about the animal kingdom. Ducks. Quack in different accents depending on where they're from. Get out. Yeah. I guess this is true. How do they know without subtitles? <laughs> or do they understand each other? <laughs> they figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, where are you from? <laughs> don't talk. Don't quack at that duck. <laughs> what is a quack? Yeah. <laughs> Get to the other side of the, your tracks. <laughs> uh, Quentin Tarantino's first job in Hollywood was as an Elvis impersonator on an episode of The Golden Girls back in 1988. Really? Yeah, I saw him being interviewed recently. He says he ended up doing two episodes. It was a uh, to-be-continued uh, thing on the golden girl so he got called back he got paid for the first one then the second one and then it's considered one of the funnier episodes so it always shows up on highlight reels and uh it ran for however many years it ran and then it ran in syndication and every time it came on he'd get another check and he said he goes it made about between three and five thousand dollars uh just off the resids of that and that's what carried him and covered him while he was writing things like pulp fiction so you wouldn't have quentin tarantino today if it wasn't for the golden girls wow and i just i just Googled it. Yeah. And I guess there were, you know, like it was auditioning or for uh, an Elvis impersonator on that show. Cause yeah. there was like a line of like 10 of them. He was like, <laughs> and he was in the back row. He yeah. barely had anything to do with it. Yeah. It's like being up in Collingwood in the summertime. Right. Elvis is everywhere. Do they still do that up there. I, I don't know. Elvis Fest? I thought they were going to pull the plug a few years back. The longest year ever was 1972. 
It was a leap year, so it had an extra day, and it had two extra leap seconds. Uh, I beg to differ, because this <laughs> this last 12 months... Good point. <laughs> ...has felt pretty darn long. That's a good point. I go back to 1972 in a second. <laughs> the British had... 500,000 cats enlisted in their army during World War One. What? In the army? Yeah. They were mostly there to kill rats on ships and at bases. Oh. Oy, 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 World War One. I was just watching uh, part of Downton Abbey the other day and the scenes from uh, everybody in the bunkers in World War One. Wasn't a good war. Wasn't right. an easy time. Oh, are you kidding me? I saw a meme about something like that the other day. Like, you were born in the early 1900s. Mm. You know, you had, like, the First World War. Yep. Uh, and then the Great Depression yep. after that. Uh, a couple other wars to follow. Yep. You know, right now, we talk to a kid about their Wi-Fi going out for 10 minutes, oh, sure. and that's the end of the world. Oh, and back then, too, it was the same thing. It was all fake news. Yeah. No, nobody believed. Oh, yeah, they had that Spanish flu little boat in there, yeah. too. Yeah, was there a vaccine for that? I think <laughs> something happened there. The San Antonio Spurs are the only NBA team that doesn't have a losing record all time against any other NBA team. And the only team that they have an even record with is the Portland Trailblazers. They're 88 and 88 against them. Really? So every other team may have a winning record. Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty good. They had some good runs. Yeah, they certainly did. And uh, finally, do we have any other little odd tidbits for you? Oh, yeah, this one. Hewlett Packard could have been called Packard Hewlett. Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard flipped a coin to decide whose name would go first. Really? And that's how they did that. Yep. There you go. Share that stuff with family and friends. They'll think you're so wise. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.